Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. We are continuing our Black History Month special with today's guest. We are talking to Cola B. Talkin from Black in the Garden about gardening while Black, particularly in America with the former slaves who built this country. A lot of them worked in fields and agriculture, you know, growing cotton, growing peanuts, growing all types of things that helped America to grow. Gardening and farm work has been a huge staple of Black culture in America, but so many of us now don't garden anymore. You know, we have lost our green thumbs, so to speak, probably mainly because of the negative stigma that came with, you know, working in the fields or, you know, growing agriculture or being within that industry has had a negative connotation, you know, after slavery was over. And not only that, but also Black people didn't have land. You can't have a garden or a farm without land. (laughs) The statistics are only 1.4% of farmers identify as Black or mixed race. But 100 years ago, that number was 14%. So, you know, we can see how it's just been negatively impacted for Black people to have land, to be farmers, when it's something that, you know, is part of our history as Black Americans. Even though Black people aren't farmers as much anymore, I know a lot of us have grandparents who had a garden in the backyard or something like that. I know my grandfather did. And that was one of my first introductions to gardening, even though us grandkids weren't allowed in his garden. I still saw it and I saw him working in it and I thought it was hella cool. So I think that's part of what led me to also becoming interested in gardening. And if you didn't know, I am a board member at my local community garden. I have two raised beds there where I grow, you know, flowers and vegetables and I volunteer there. Even though I don't have a garden or a backyard of my own, like I'm sure many people do, that doesn't mean that you can't grow anything. So there are so many ways that you can actually grow stuff. And I'm always encouraging people to just start. And with that being said, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you to leave a review for the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast on Apple Podcasts. Super easy to leave a review. 
You just go to Apple Podcasts on your Apple device, scroll all the way down to where you see the reviews, and be sure to leave us a five-star review, say something nice, and it really helps out the show. Super appreciate it when people leave reviews. It helps other people be able to find the podcast and help us to grow this platform. Also, if you're not following us on Instagram, please go follow at Sustainable Brown Girl. That's a great way to be able to weigh in on upcoming episodes. You can submit questions for interviews and just be a part of the community. You can also use the Sustainable Brown Girl hashtag on your posts, and I will be sure to share it to our page. And lastly, if you have a couple of extra dollars, please go over to our Patreon and sign up to donate every month to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. It helps to keep the show consistent and it also helps to keep my radio show that I have in my local city on the air. As always, thank you for any type of support that you provide. I super appreciate it. Now let's get into the episode. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Cola B. Talkin, a comedian, lifelong nature lover, and host of the Black in the Garden podcast. Using her extensive horticultural knowledge, her endless love of Black people, and her keen ability to teach in a spirit of joy and kinship, Cola has built a village of soil cousins and is taking up space in the plant industry. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cola. Thank you for having me. And I love that introduction. Um, (laughs) I do all those things. So check all those. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I always like to start at the beginning. Tell us how your sustainable journey began. Yes. I love talking about that because I feel like I don't get to talk about it enough. But I started my sustainability journey began at a young age before I was able to really like practice it. And um, it specifically came from uh, TV programming. I was, you know, it was propaganda. I was just brainwashed. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, Nickelodeon. I'm a child of the 90s. I'm an 80s baby. And Nickelodeon back in the the beginning of their, you know, whatever they do, they had this uh, program that would kind of mainly come on between the commercial, the, between the programming and the commercials called The Big Help. And I still remember the the theme song was like Big Helper. I don't want to sing it. That's not my ministry. But it was Big Helpers in Action, which I mean, I, I can't imagine what all went into making that as as impactful as it was because they showed children um, like doing riverside cleanups and you know they talked about how to recycle and how to you know care about the earth and stuff like that and so it was very clearly targeting young people in order to plant those seeds to uh get them to be aware of the impact that they could have on the environment and i mean shout out to nickelodeon for Mm -hmm. recognizing that along with the ability to provide children's programming, they were able to uh, be responsible enough to say, look, it's one thing to just entertain the kids, but what if we could kind of enlighten them and show them ways that they could 
you know, grow into um, responsible citizens as far as stewardship of the earth. And it worked on me. It really <laughs> did work on me. Um, but like I said, it was something that I learned about, but I didn't feel like I got to really practice it because some of the things that they were discussing, some of the events that they showed the children participating in, I didn't have access to that. Um, and that's just because I'll be specific. It wasn't because I know I could have asked my parents to like take me to go pick up trash somewhere or whatever, but I didn't because I was one of those kids that was like, eh, you know, like whatever we finna do, wherever we going, I'm going, I'm not trying to like ask for more and yeah. ask you to go out of your way for me. I'm not about to ask you to, you know, figure out like how we can get some recycling bins in here. If you're not doing that. You know, I was not that kid that was piping up on my parents like that. So mm -hmm. I knew about it and I definitely was concerned about, you know, that was my introduction to environmentalism. And I'm so grateful for being able to have that awareness as a kid. But I don't want to get ahead of the interview. But unfortunately, the younger you learn, the more the the eco anxiety. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yes. Up. Yes, yes, yes. So it's that as, as well as just having this natural affinity for nature. I wouldn't say that I loved to go outside so much when I was a kid because I didn't truly get it. But the time that I did get to spend outside, I was always able to find a way to appreciate at the very least being close to water or the serenity of the forest. You know, I was a very poetic child. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, like you said, that indoctrination as a young child is really helpful because for me, yes. I didn't watch The Big Help, but I did watch Captain Planet. Did you ever see I did that? Too. Girl, yes. I live by Captain Planet. I forgot that that right. was a part of my indoctrination. Thank you for bringing right. that back up. I'm a planeteer. Yes. We yes. planeteers. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, having that, you know, just being able to be introduced to that at a young age definitely did have an impact. You know, we can see. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm about to cry and I'm going to tell you why it, it just, yeah. it really was impactful for me because they were very intentional about how they had Captain Planet be very much like the power is yours, but yes. he always, he said it with his chest. He was like, oh, didn't he? The power, power is yours. yours. And like, you're going to remember that. You're going to feel that. And you're going to believe that. And can we cuss on here? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, good. Yeah, because I might be a potty mouth sometimes. But I believe that shit, okay? I believed it. And to this day, I still feel that. And I sometimes I might randomly yell that out. <laughs> yes. People need to hear that. It was, it, it was literally empowering. It was 100%. So good. Yes, I love so being good. a planeteer. <laughs> so speaking of planeteers, tell me how you started your podcast, Black in the Garden. Okay, yes, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, how did I start it? It was a combination of things. Um, I always feel like it's like, oh, it's a long story, but it's just, there's a lot of elements that came together. There's mm -hmm. an element of my appreciation of broadcasting, my appreciation for podcasts as a naturally curious person who was always like, yo, I want to know more about this, this, that, or whatever. And even circumstantially, my occupation uh, around 2017 and 18, 
I was a full-time trucker. I was like long haul and stuff like that. And so I had all the time to listen. I listened to thousands of hours of podcasts. And so I consumed a lot of podcasts, but I had also had a um, college experience where I got, I dabbled in broadcasting. And when I say that, I just mean I started on that path before I dropped out. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And also a lover of plants, you know, that came about probably about a year before I started trucking and well, not started, that wasn't my first time, but that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But I loved plants. I loved my people. Okay. So those are the two main factors because it is black in the garden, but on the other end, as far as the skill set goes and the desire and just kind of having a production producer mindset, Mm -hmm. all of that came together as I realized, hey, I want to hear a podcast about gardening that's not super dry and boring. Now, I am not shading any podcast that was out before mine that might have been adjacent to or the white folks or whatever. But one thing that you know that we all know listening is that... um, I'm not just thinking about the podcasts that that were uh, emphasizing gardening and plant content. I'm also thinking about like your PBS or whatever your public broadcasting, whatever it is. Yeah. And even NPR and very dry, just very much like, hey, let's talk about science and nature and, you know, gardens or whatever. And there's always a very particular kind of like stereotypical, very calm, soothing Um, white person and generally an older person. And so the media that was representative of gardening and plant whatever um, is actually right on par with the representation of gardeners and horticultural uh, professionals in this concept of it being uh, older people, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, of a certain... um, background or maybe even class if you will and not just older but white yeah and so when they do things when they produce things it's you know it's catering to that demographic and that's not me i am a millennial black woman who likes to turn up who loves trap and uh soul and r&b and you know all those things Mm -hmm. i'm a planeteer all of that and i'm like i get to be all of that I need that to be a podcast. It's not there. So now I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Yes. Yes. I that love your means. podcast so much because mm-hmm. you, well, first of all, you talk to a wide variety of people about a wide variety of topics. You know, mm-hmm. like I like how even when you have a guest, you know, we're talking about plants and stuff, you, you're not just talking about that, you know, like you go into all different subjects and, you know, that's something that I really admire about your podcast is that you can like effortless, effortless, effortless. (laughs) (laughs) you can just weave in so many topics into, you know, one discussion. And, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Plus you bring so much humor. Like I'm always cackling, like seriously, it's, it's amazing. It's working. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but see, that's my goal because I've, I've just, I didn't, I wasn't extremely intentional about it, but the, you know, the, the longer you do a thing, you mm-hmm. recognize how 
what it like you get more clear about what it is and what's going on and it helps you to go forward and i just recognize just hearing you say that that i'm very much giving you like the antithesis of what it was that i was hearing that it just wasn't resonating with me right so that's i i need to be clear about that because i'm like i don't want to be shady i don't want to say that that content that wasn't resonating with me didn't have value it certainly does have value it certainly has helped a lot of people it doesn't help me Cause you got to give me some bass or something like that or something, lighten it up. Let's get, let's have some fun. Let's get some tambourines. You know, black people love tambourines. Oh girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're still right about, um, you know, the, a lot of the gardening uh, spear has a lot of, you know, not people that look like us. Cause even yes. at my community garden that I go to, granted, I live in a, you know, mostly white suburbs. So, you know, it's going to be reflected in the, uh, you know, type of people that Mm -hmm. come to the garden, Mm -hmm. but it is all, you know, older white people for the most part. Uh, You know, so it's good to, to have representation in every space. Very, very much so. And we can really unpack everything that you just said, Mm -hmm. uh, if that's a part of your outline for the day. But as far as the humor part, I've been knew I was a comedian, but there was something about starting this podcast and especially starting it at the point in my life when I started it, which was pretty much like immediately after uh, separation from my ex-husband um, and just stepping into a new identity and being very mm-hmm. intentional about that and being like, mm-hmm. you know what? I am a comedian. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. going to say that because it, there's a huge difference between knowing that you're funny and knowing that people can that you can make people laugh and actually claiming to be a comedian because then there's intention behind it. And I'm like, yeah, no, but we need humor, um, especially when it comes to these subjects, this sustainability, this girl, what's good with your carbon footprint? Like we really got to talk to our people in a way that resonates with them because we need to have impact that whatever it is, the traditional speak, the, the, very serious, you know, it is a serious matter, but that doesn't mean that we have to approach it so seriously. So mm-hmm. uh, the the comedy part is very intentional and it is very necessary. And it's literally, as Mary Poppins would say, the teaspoon of sugar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It helps yeah. the medicine go down. I Amen. like it. Yes. We need this medicine. <laughs> so tell me about the types of things that you grow, you know, like what kind of got you into gardening and what types of things do you like to grow? I like to grow, ooh, everything, really, truly, as much as I can grow. And i tell you why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the answer, but I'm going to tell uh-huh. you what the growing, the wonder of it all, it really taps me directly into my inner child, because there is this sense of like the wilderment and wonder that comes over me when I see a seedling germinate, mm. like just to know that I have planted a bunch of seeds and they typically, depending on the seed, they typically can take somewhere around like three to six days to like come out of the soil. And there's this in the meanwhile, there's this anticipation like, oh my God, when is it coming out? And so every day I'm going to check on the seeds, it's literally taking me back to Christmas morning. 
Mm, that's how giddy i am just to see that this thing that i planted is now you know getting to this next phase of progress and to to witness the life cycle of a plant Mm -hmm. that don't mean i'm bringing all the way to harvest or whatever because i be killing stuff okay (laughs) my favorite things to grow uh obviously are are seeds i just i like to germinate just because there's all kinds of ways i'd explain that but Basically, I like growing seeds. Um, growing food was what got me into it. So the food that I like to grow is um, cucumber. Um, I like to grow tomato, but if I'm honest, I haven't really had like a really popping tomato harvest. Yeah, and me too. So I have a bucket list of things that I want to grow um, if you're interested, but we'll come back to that. But I like to grow... Uh, cucumber i like to grow things that i like to propagate and Mm. it's still growing but i need to make that distinction that i love just as much as i love growing uh seed planting seeds and and watching them grow i like to be able to take a piece of a plant and put it in whatever soil or whatever i'm gonna put it in and see it come to life again it's kind of like i don't know it's like a vampire you know how like (laughs) You got to die and then be reborn. Yeah. So um, me and my analogies, I'll take you there. Okay. I like but um, with propagation, that was the the practice that actually made me feel, it activated my green thumb. That's the term that I use. Because there's a specific plant, the coleus plant, that is a very basic plant. Everybody's familiar with it. Whether you know what it is or what it looks like or not, just Google it. You'll see. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know her. And there's so many varieties. I started my journey in Florida and I remember um, just getting some coleus. You can buy them very inexpensively. They basically give them away depending on (laughs) like if they're about to die and stuff, you know, you go Mm -hmm. rescue plants from the nursery or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so me being a beginner and also coming into it with very little funds, barely any funds, really, it can be an expensive hobby depending on how you go about it. Um, and that's kind of also a misconception when it comes to access, but you know, we can talk about that if you want, but I'm going to stay to your question, but I found some coleus and I was drawn to it and, um, I don't know how, but I just ended up like breaking off a piece or maybe it accidentally happened. I don't know, but intuitively I remember, um, sticking it into mud. I was in Florida during like a rainy season. And so I was like, hmm, I'm going to stick this in here and just see what happens. And a few days later, it it was like wilted. But a few days later, it had sprung back. And you can tell if you've had experience with the plant, especially with propagation and seeing it looks like it might be about to die. But then it's like the roots will literally, they'll pop out, you know, in, in that wet soil was what drew the roots out and i just kind of figured out all this stuff all at once i just very much felt like a scientist and still felt like that inner child was being stimulated and so that was the plant that made me say wow i could grow stuff i really could do this i'm gonna do this yes you know i think just having that first success even if it's a small success because i a lot of people i notice feel like oh i don't have a green thumb i can never grow anything you know and i'm like but it's so easy Mm -hmm. you know 
I mean, sure, there's there's trials and, you know, there are some hard parts, but honestly, like just getting started, all you got to do is put it in the sun and put some water on that bitch, okay? Like oh, yeah. you're and and it will grow. Yeah, you know. that hole. That's what I like to say. Exactly. And to your point, to your point to all you you green thumb deniers out there, mm-hmm. I want to tell you this. There is literally at this very moment a 6-year-old in the state that you are in of Georgia. Yes. A 6-year-old, the youngest certified farmer. This is a little black girl. You know, we were proud of her. Uh, Kendall Ray Johnson, the youngest black farmer in the state of Georgia. Now, if she could be a whole ass farmer out here. Come on. Then you can figure something out. Okay. Exactly. Go to her website or something, child. But (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Kids can grow. You can grow. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So let's go back to what you were saying about access, you know, how um, gardening can be expensive, but what has been your experience with making it more cost effective? I had so many hacks. Um, Mm -hmm. I am extremely resourceful. And so I immediately applied that to my situation where I knew that I didn't have a lot of money. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't need to really be saying this that much, but I'm going to keep it all the way gutter with y'all. There were times I was, I got into houseplants and I became a collector and it just literally kind of took over my life. (laughs) I kind of literally, I got discouraged from growing vegetables or whatever, growing food because that didn't go as I planned for it to go. So I ended up just, you know, getting into houseplants. It started with succulents. And I was in Florida, which I call plant candy land. They're everywhere. Mm. They're in everybody's yard. People don't even care, you know? Yeah. And so that was one of my hacks was I would uh, drive down the street uh, and find a blighted property. And I would s- survey to see if there was a plant in that yard that I wanted. And I would have my shovel and I would go get those plants out of the yard. Okay, Not I, a shovel. I am a gorilla gardener to the core. I could literally do a book on this. Um, wow. I need to hit some publishers up, by the way. But yo, so that's one of my super gorilla tactics. Here's wow. another one. Do not recommend this. Don't try this at home. But what I did, um, <laughs> when I would get like a little extra $30, $40, I would go to a big box store. I would purchase a plant that I particularly wanted. I would take it to my house, um, take a few of those little pups, the little babies out and just kind of split it up. And I would get what I wanted, put the soil back to make it look like it did when I bought it. And I would take it back to the store and get my money back. No. I wanted them damn plants. I wasn't stealing technically, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've evolved. I, I can afford the plants now, but... If you really want it, you know what I'm saying? It's just a testament to the fact that if something is that important to you, you're Mm going to find a way to get it. And Mm -hmm. I can tie it straight into the plants. Plants are resilient. They're going to resilient. They're going to find a way to get the sun that they need. They will stretch and bend themselves. You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody knows about cactus and how it's, it's resilient in the way that it has the ability to store water in, in times of drought. And so I just, I had to get it how I lived. I wanted to live this plant life and <laughs> I have the end. So I did what I had to do. That's hey. one of my, that's a few of my tricks. You know what I'm saying? Right. And of course, propagation 
Yes. It's free plants. You get, you buy one plant. Let's say I decided not to take it back to the stove. I could figure out a way to create more plants from that one plant that I got. Or, mm-hmm. you know, even sometimes being at the store and taking a little snip snip or taking a little piece of, you know what I'm saying? Everybody, mm-hmm. not everybody do it, but you know, that's a big debate in the plant community, which is why y'all be taking plant pieces out the, off the store or off the floor or whatever. Mind your business, first of all. Okay. <laughs> Some people do it for sport, and I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people who really want a plant but don't have access. Because mm-hmm. to your point, to, to answer the question, that access, it's not there for everybody. And it right. should be. Plants should be free. Like they, right. We're the yeah. ones that put value on them and decided to commodify them. That's true. So who's That's- really the problem? Right, right. Yeah. Hey, those are some crafty ways to get those plants, girl. (laughs) I did what I had to do. I like it. (laughs) So let's go back to your gardening adventures. I want to know more about what what's on your like dream plant list or like gardening list. Yes. I love this question because Mm -hmm. I like to, you know, imagine and ideate, (laughs) but my, my, that's my bucket list that you're asking about. Yes. It's, it's sunflowers. Okay. Okay. Um, It's like really tall sunflowers with uh, flowers that are bigger than my head. Okay. Like six, seven, eight foot tall sunflowers of all colors. I just want a field of sunflowers. Another field that I want is, Mm, I can't remember. I just was reminded the other day, whatever that purple flower that was in the color purple. Mm, mm-hmm. Remember when I was in that field? Mm-hmm, you were a millennial mm-hmm. black woman. So if you haven't seen the color purple, I don't have mercy for you. I truly don't. Um, <laughs> I will judge you harshly. Oh, um, <laughs> but in that, uh, in that movie, there was a scene uh, the iconic scene where, you know, Celie and Nettie, they got back together or it was Suge got, was out there. I don't remember all of it because I, I haven't seen it in a minute, but I just remember that field. Um, yeah. And once I became interested in, in growing things and started thinking, imagining what uh, what I would like to grow in, in that way, um, I was like, wow, I would love to not only grow those, grow a field of those, but I would like to recreate that scene right, you know that'd be it's, amazing it's really for the culture you know what i'm saying right and so i i feel like oprah would help me with that so oprah oh if you're listening you're listening hit me up okay blk in the garden.com hello at blk in the garden.com so let's just put that out there it's manifest yes. um what else okay a pantry garden just okay. to get into the growing food part again one of the mm-hmm. things that I recognized uh, early in the game of getting started with growing food was it felt like a superpower. It oh, yeah. really, it really did like literally activate my planeteer. And so I was like, wow, the neighborhood that I was living in was, it wasn't like particularly like the ghetto, but it was very much adjacent to it. Mm-hmm. And I just have always had a large heart and a service heart. So one of the first things I tried to figure out was like, okay, well, if I can grow food, then that means I can like feed people. Yo, how do I do that? And unfortunately, because of the circumstances of my life where I have not 
ever like truly been in one place long enough to just really get a garden going for multiple seasons. That's not something I've been able to do, like, you know, in my personal space. So it ties into all of my life aspirations of, okay, let let me get myself stabilized. Housing instability, unfortunately, is something that I'm dealing with. I'm not struggling because, you know, I find a way. I told y'all I'm going to find a way. But I'm dealing with it. And once I get that situated, then I will certainly... uh, find a space where I can set up all of these beds and, you know, a community garden style situation, but also being very intentional about growing a, um, a certain amount of food specifically for giving away and for educational purposes. Like I really want to have host an educational gardening space. So that, that is high on my list and just, a lot of things. I want to do business things with plants. I want to, you know, help empower people who don't fully believe in their green thumb, but I can only do so many things. You know, we about to talk about the tree project and I have this podcast going on and these kids. So I'm like, y'all, I'll get there, but (laughs) yeah, it's a matter of needing to uh, source uh, a significant amount of resources in order to make all these things happen. And one of those resources would be help. I can't do this all by myself. Yes, exactly. Right. One of the um, great things about the community garden that I'm at is that they do kind of have that type of thing where half of the garden is for, you know, like the raised beds and people can rent those out. And Mm -hmm. then the other half, they donate to um, like local um, food banks. Mm -hmm. So you know, so so it's a great way to both. They don't really do educational things so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't really have the resources for that. Mm-hmm. But it's a you know great way to provide for your community and then also you know have the opportunity to also have people come in and you know plant their own things and learn. You know, like that's how I got a lot of my uh, growing education was just by being in there with the you know more experienced gardeners yes. who were there and just kind of learning from them. You know. That's very helpful. And that speaks to the intergenerationality. I have to slow that all the way down because I'm like, listen, (laughs) I'm going to get it out. Um, The intergenerationality of gardening that I feel like we don't don't consider that enough, I guess, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we have ancestral knowledge or remembrance or whatever. But at the same time, so many people who share their story with me about how they learned about gardening, generally it will start with an elder. It will start with like a grandparent or I remember this, you know, with my grandma, granddaddy, mom, auntie, whoever. And I'm like, yeah, there's something to that. That's, that's, it's like the passing of the torch. You know, we, we have this, this wisdom, this knowledge and passing it on is, it's a legacy truly. Yes. Exactly. Right. That's so important. Yeah. So I'm glad that you got to learn from those people. That's, that helps me. Yes. 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 (laughs) All right. So now I want to talk about your newest project, the underground arborist. Tell us like, you know, tell us everything about that. Ooh, yes. All the things. So the underground arborist is, it is now, it is newly 
the uh, what is it? The 501c3 nonprofit arm of the Black in the Garden podcast. Because Black in the Garden um, also recently, as of last year, um, formed an LLC. We formed the LLC um, to really be about this, you know, podcast business life, right? And so, um, in recognizing the the new assignment, that's that's what I'm. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, I was going to say that's what I'm calling it. But what it is, is I just recognize that I need to go and plant some trees, plant a lot of trees. And so I just recognize, I'll just go ahead and give you like the origin story of it. I I had a conversation with the homegirl who was also a podcaster, Jade, who hosts the Black Plant Chick podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and I sponsored that podcast, by the way. It's sponsored by Black in the Garden. I mean, listen, nice. we be doing stuff. So we are, we're really cool friends. And I have been a bit nomadic over, you know, the past couple months, just because of circumstances, literally beyond my control. Um, and that, you know, is connected to the housing instability. But, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our best. And so I was uh, telling her, oh, and here's a fun fact. Um, my houseplants, when I left my last dwelling where I ha- was able to have houseplants, mm-hmm. I was like, listen, these plants are, I'm not giving them away. I want my plants. Let me see who can take care of them for me. And guess who's taking care of them? One Is of it- your previous guests. Oh, Ashley Renee? It's Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey. Ashley is my current plant sitter. Okay. She's taking care of all my plant babies. And um, so there's that. But she's, while they're in her care, they're obviously, I'm missing them. And Mm -hmm. so I'm talking to Jade and I'm like, Jade, like, I really miss my plant babies. And she was like, girl, what if you planted a tree everywhere you went? And I was like, what if I did that? You know, but it was, that was the first time that concept even occurred to me with with her mentioning it. Um, So a few weeks later, it was New Year's Eve, literally. I found out about um, Hela Sidibe, who mm-hmm. is this Black man who last year ran across the United States in 84 days. And I was wow. like, it just resonated with me in such a way. I was like, I want to make an impact like that. Like, you don't just do something like that without it inspiring people and getting people like excited and, and wanting to support what you got going on. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what does that look like for me, for the host of Black in the Garden, for somebody who really loves plants and wants to connect Black people to it? And her words just, you know, rang back in my mind. And I said, yo, what if I could like plant a tree kind of like Hella, but like in every state? Yeah, so that's wow. how it formulated. But there was also like this ancestral kind of... um kind of like calling on me from the uh, the conversation that I had with Ashley. Once again, uh, she was on Black in the Garden on season two, which was in 2020. And I remember, because I know that she's like that eco girl mm-hmm. and that sustainability girl. So mm-hmm. I was like, Ashley, what you know about Wangari Matai? And she was like, oh my God, I never heard of her. So we had a conversation about Wangari Matai on my podcast on that episode and we discussed what uh she what her legacy is that she left which is planting trees a black woman a kenyan woman in africa was responsible 
for planting over 20 million trees. Organizing. Wow. She didn't plant them herself. Yeah. But Wangari organized the planting of over 20 million trees, mainly by women in places like churches and schools and community spaces. And um, it's her organization is called the Greenbelt Movement, which is still active to this day by her predecessors. And um, she she won the Nobel Peace Prize, y'all. Wow. So amazing. when I found out about her, I was just, I was blown away. And that was just kind of like tucked in. I felt like I, you know, on some level, in some kind of way, it's like I met her, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so having that conversation with Ashley was very meaningful. And so it was like all of these things just kind of came back to me in that moment on New Year's Eve when uh, Hilab made his impact on me and recognizing okay, he could do that. He literally ran with both of his feet <laughs> from sea to shining sea. Yes. So I'm like, yes, I could do something that is big and impactful and ambitious like that as well. And so that's when we started planning for the tour. Um, fortunately, um, I am in residence uh, currently with uh, my good friend who is also an executive business coach. And she mm -hmm. is the is now the executive director of the Underground Arborist uh, nonprofit organization. And we are currently actively sourcing, you know, sponsorships and stuff because, you know, you, you need resources to be able to yes. go and do this. But right. we are going to plant native female trees in every state. And That's for so many reasons. But I will I will let you go with the follow-up questions because you know I can just ramble about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed with this project. Like, that's so incredible. And I love that you've taken in inspiration from, you know, fellow Black people who have, you know, done something similar, and you're just kind of making it into your own thing. Like, yeah. that's so incredible. I'm and so excited for you. Thank you so much. There's one other inspiration that mm -hmm. is noteworthy, and that is Jessica Nabongo. Um, I remember finding out about her on my favorite podcast, The Read. And um, I remember she was like uh, discussed as their black excellence subject. And they were like, yo, so there's this black woman who recently um, she set the record. I'm not sure if it was a record, but she, be she became noteworthy because of setting foot on every continent in the world. Mm. This is Jessica Nabongo. And I was like, what? That's crazy. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. just listening. I'm having a fun time as the nature of that, uh, of the read is. But yeah. that also stuck with me just to know, like, there's the representation, y'all. We cannot say this enough. That's why you do what you do. That's why this is sustainable brown girl. Not just like, hey, it's a sustainability show. And I'm just talking about stuff. No, you're intentional about saying, hey, I'm here. I'm black. And I need y'all to know that we do these things. We care about these things. We care about the earth. We care about sustainability. And yeah. so that representation for me and seeing a black woman who has won a Nobel Peace Prize from planting all these trees all over the place. And this black man who has been very ambitious and, you know, literally like sacrificing his whole body. Like he experienced racism on the way. Wow. At one point... Or maybe one, but I, I did some reading about him. 
he was stopped by a very hostile uh, white police officer who had a lot of questions for him and and probably did not mean well for him. Mm-hmm. And there was um, someone pulled up on him, some other white people pulled up and they were like, oh my God, we love what you're doing. And that kind of um, de-escalated that situation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you know what I mean when I say de-escalate yeah. because black yeah. people are really out here in danger being in these streets. So for a white man to do that, okay, yeah, sure, he could do that without uh, anybody blinking at him. But when you really think about a black man running across the United States, you got to know there was some people with some questions and you know that for that sure. cop was one of them. So right. I don't take that lightly. I don't take that for granted. And, yeah. and that's a part of, you know, a huge part of that inspiration there as well. But um, between Wandari and Hala and and Jessica Nabongo, I'm like, y'all, y'all did those things and y'all made me feel like I could do the things too. So I'm going to do yes. it. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm just so impressed, so excited for your journey. I think it's going to be great. And I can see, you know, just you having a big impact on other people, just like when Gari and, um, you know, Jessica and the other guy, I forget his name. Yes, yes. yes. But it's they made H-E-L-L-A-H. So, okay. Yes, yes. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. There you go, girl. We're doing it. I love it. So we are coming to the end of this interview. And my last question for you is, what does being a sustainable brown girl or black girl mean to you? It means, I mean, at the core, it's the sustainability. It's the earth stewardship. It is very much like what it means to me is I care about the earth. It doesn't mean that I go about it in a way that is like perfect and, and, and faultless because it's actually kind of impossible to be like the perfect sustainable person. But I am uh, someone who cares about the earth and, and being a good steward, but I am also my very black authentic self. And I'm bringing all of that to the conversations that I have, you know, as that is my main source of, uh, of how you know me or, or how or my contribution, my work, that's, that's a more specific way, accurate way to, to put that is knowing who I am and knowing what I care about and, and having these conversations and having impact because I am who I am, this black woman who has made this my priority and made this literally my ministry and going forth and, and, especially with this planting trees, it's not just because I saw these other predecessors that I talked about and was like, oh, that was cute. I could do that too, because that's cute. No, there's conversations that need to happen. I need to be my whole black ass self and I need to be my funny self because we need to bring all of that to these conversations. That's That's a big part of what's missing from conversations when we're talking about sustainability and stuff. Yeah. And, and how we can be better stewards and how we can, you know, try to reverse the, the effects of climate change and stuff like that. We're just being so serious and we're just being so like crunchy about it. And it doesn't make everybody feel like they have access to it. It doesn't make my people feel like it's like, who was you even talking to? You know how we do. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not talking to me because it doesn't feel like you're talking. It's not resonating. That's what right. we mean when, you know, that's what I meant when I said it like that. Yeah. So 
I'm very much like, it's me. I'm talking to you. And you know I'm talking to you because I'm speaking like like we speak on the everyday. Like mm-hmm. we at the barbershop, like we at the beauty salon, like we kiki in on Twitter. That's how we're going to talk about this because that's the way to keep the conversations lively and engaging. And that's how we make the impact that we need to make. So that's me being, that's what it means to me. Yes. Yes, girl. You are definitely making an impact and making it so so much more accessible and relatable to be in the garden and be in your authentic black selves. I love it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure having you on and let everyone know where they can find you online. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing me on because this was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) fun and I just felt so welcome and seen here so that that is everything but as far as how you can find me online go to blkinthegarden.com that is the source of all the black in the garden stuff but there is a link there at the top where it says like plant a tree or something Um, and that links you to undergroundarborist.org and that is the um, page that represents you know Uh, the underground arborist movement as it is getting ready to take place. We're going to have our first tree planting for the 2022 um, on February 19th. Um, I I don't want to like date too much. You know how it is with podcasts. You want to say things like that. But it's happening this February. It's kicking off. And so you can also, uh, it links to all my socials, but I'll just say them. Uh, Instagram is my main source if you want to be very current in the, you know, kind of like in real time almost um, with my stories there on Instagram at Black in the Garden is the handle. Um, Twitter, I've been tweeting a little bit more, you know, nice. like, hey, y'all, I tweet. And so that's um, Black in the Garden. I think I'm pretty sure it's at Black in the Garden. Sometimes the name is taken. And so I got to like take right. a letter out. Um, and there's also, um, I'm not even really going to say TikTok because it's not it's not there yet, but okay. I'm excited about it getting there. And I also have a YouTube where I will be updating um, in the near future my uh, journey of planting trees because it, the documenting of it is also very significant. So right. on all those social channels, I'm sure you're going to list that in your mm-hmm. episode notes. So y'all just yeah. read the notes. You know, we're podcasters, yeah. so we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of the fun things about, you know, talking to another podcaster is like, we get the mechanics. Y'all check the episode notes. It's all there, all the things that you need. And mm-hmm. definitely uh, subscribe and follow and support the movement, truly, because like I said, I need the resources. So go to undergroundarborist.org and see how you can um, make your donation or let us know if you need a tree planted or want a tree planted in your community. We are still sourcing some locations for our tour. And also, you know, if you are like a company or organization and you like to partner, we show need those. Okay. So go ahead and become a partner. So I need to say all those things and in order to shamelessly promote myself and to answer that, which is, you know, find me in all those places. Yes. Please Mm -hmm. go follow Cola Be Talk and you will not be disappointed. (laughs) And thanks again for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me. You know what I say when I'm done? Love, light, Mm -hmm. and soil. There you go.
If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send me any questions, comments, or topic ideas to sustainablebrowngirl at gmail.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and for the health of our planet. Thanks for listening.